welcome to Genre Exposure, a film podcast. Join us as we explore the wide world of cinema, broaden our horizons one movie at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Dustin, and as usual, I'm here with Michael. Hey, everybody. And Jason. Hey, everyone. What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing good. I thought about doing an Uncle Impy yeah. <laughs> intro. Like, hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's a curious accent to uh, land, I think. I don't think I did it justice. No, so. probably not. So this wow. is one of our quick cuts episodes. If this is probably the first one we've done this year, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. So if you're new to these, these are anything that's beyond the scope of our usual like cycle of going through on a topic and deep diving films, pick by pick, and all that stuff. Could be a discussion topic. Could be you know someone's contacted us about checking something out. All kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. So far, that seems to be the main thing. Is mm-hmm. like somebody contacts us and says, "Hey, I got this thing. Check it out." Which we love and encourage. Yes. Yeah. Please and always contact us about stuff like that. And we did one on Romero, you know, mm-hmm. for Amusement Park. The Forgotten Classic. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> forgotten Classic. So this is kind of a hybrid of that, because today we are coming together to talk about Dookie Flyswatter. Woo! And Haunted Garage and celebrating his career and everything he's done in the world of horror. But we're doing that for a reason. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to just be transparent right up front. We always try to be about our opinions and any reasons of why we do stuff. So this is not paid promotion in any way. Nope. But um, there's a filmmaker, and they're working on a documentary about Dookie and Haunted Garage and kind of the legacy of all of that and uh, his career and all the people that's impacted and stuff. And uh, it's Kevin Rankin, and he reached out to us and was like, Hey, I'm working on this doc. I'm trying to do like grassroots promotions. Want to mm-hmm. reach out to podcasts and see if they would cover, you know, Dookie for an episode and talk about him and one of his films. And you can't get more grassroots than us. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and he showed us the trailer and it, it looks freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. That was what sold me on doing it. Is when I watched the trailer, I was like, "Fuck, man, I want to." I want to see this. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. This is that perfect for me. It's a convergence of of like of horror, punk, and rock and horror movies. Two things I love. Mm-hmm. Two great tastes that taste great together. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I want to see this thing. <laughs> Creep me out with the taste together thing. <laughs> that was a little odd. Um, <laughs> I don't like it. So, well, you know the old commercial, right? No, we're not The chocolate old. and peanut butter? Come on. It's basic <laughs> pop culture awareness, people. Jeez. What the fuck is he talking about? I don't know. If anyone out there knows what I'm talking about, write us. Is it like Reese's or something? Chocolate, yeah. chocolate and peanut butter? Yeah. yeah. You got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got peanut butter in my chocolate. What year was that, Jason? I don't know. Probably 80s. <laughs> Maybe 70s. <laughs> were Dustin and I born yet? Well, okay. You can be aware of things that happened before you were born. No, no you can't. Anyways, <laughs> all that is to say we're super excited about the idea of this, and we wanted to throw ourselves behind it and support. Damn um, right. You may be listening and thinking, who the hell is Dookie Flyswatter? I'm going to say if you are like even just like a, a entry-level horror fan, you probably know who he is and may just not realize it yet. Yeah, you've probably heard him in something or seen something he's written. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to get into all of that. Um, I guess I'll just say up front, we'll talk more about the doc later in the episode, but just to have it up front, if you want more info about this, you can go to dookiedoc.com. And there's going to be an Indiegogo crowdfunding project, and we're going to put all the links to that kind of stuff in our show notes. Share it on social media. It'll be super easy to find. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about that. We, Dustin takes all the work out of it yep. for everyone. <laughs> super easy. You don't have to do shit. That's honestly just, the only just reason. Just lay I'm... back and let Dustin take care of you. <laughs> just go 
go to the show notes and click stuff, and you're good. I think you're golden. You made him uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um. So I guess let's start with the purpose of this documentary. So who is Dookie Flyswatter? Dookie Flyswatter. And obviously that is a stage name. That, that should is be a stage ev- name. evident to everyone. His real, name, <laughs> <laughs> his real name is Michael Sonye. I think mm-hmm. we're pronouncing that correctly. That's, that's how I always thought it was. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, his biggest claim to fame was that he, in the mid 80s, started a band called Haunted Garage. Mm-hmm. And Amazing band. Amazing band. They're great. Uh, they are kind of a cross between, I mean, they're punk and they're metal and they're rock and roll. Like they even started out playing like rockabilly and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Very cramps like, I think. And then they got more into the whole shock rock thing. And from the footage online, you could find their shows were wild and crazy. Oh, yeah. If you know like Guar, it's in that vein of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Guar. Guar is like one of the first things that pops to my into my head when yeah. you think about Haunted Garage. It's, it's like one half performance art. Yep. Um, but I was aware of these guys back in I think their their only studio album, at least until there's kind of one that came out a couple of years ago that was sort of yeah it's the newer one that's like Slenderman Creepy Pasta right right yeah that's got um, some good songs on it. it does it's good yeah. I liked it. Um, and uh, Possession Park was their first studio album that came out in 91. And as we already pointed out earlier, yes, I'm old. And <laughs> uh, so, okay, so this is what I had to do back in the day before the internet and all that, right? Mm-hmm. So at nighttime, I lived in a small town, central Kentucky. Um, but Lexington was about 30 minutes away, 30 miles away, something like that. So at nighttime, if the conditions were right, I could pick up the... Radio College Station from there. Nice. WRFL. R.I.P. <laughs> well, they're still there. Yeah, they're not doing the same shit at all anymore. No, because they used to have metal shows and shit like that. And yeah, that's what I would ghost stay Ghost of its former self. Yeah. yeah, I would stay up late and listen to it, and that's where I heard Haunted Garage. I heard the track 976 Kill. Nice. Which, I love the track, and it spoke to me on so many levels, because I'm like 15 years old. I'm staying up late watching Freddy's Nightmares. And there was all these 976, you know, telephone commercials coming on. So I mm-hmm. knew exactly what he was talking about. I kind of felt that. So I had a connection <laughs> with that man. <laughs> I love it. It's like when we got this message about this documentary, like we hadn't even, you you hadn't even watched the trailer yet. And Jason was like, I'm fucking in. <laughs> yeah. I got the CD. Like he right immediately <laughs> sent a picture of... <laughs> <laughs> the Haunted Garage album cover that yeah. he's holding I mean, in his it, hand. It couldn't have been more perfect. It really like, could Yeah, I'm in. Totally in. I don't <laughs> even care if it's a piece of shit movie. I'm in. <laughs> so, um, as far as him in the world of horror films, some of his bigger roles that you would know him for, I think the first one I always think of is Surf Nazis Must Die. Yeah. Trauma classic. <laughs> Ridiculous yeah. film. Of course. Like most trauma films. Um, there's not a lot of films where he has like the like outstanding leading role. I actually think the one we've picked to cover for this episode, uh, sorority babes and the slime ball Bolo Rama, which is an amazing title. He's kind of the central star here for sure. Yeah, definitely. A Even though he doesn't show up, you know, on screen, he just <laughs> no. voices uncle Impy. but you gotta, gotta agree that like sells the whole movie. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. He's without uncle Impy, Yeah. This is like, it's not a good movie by any means, but without Shut uncle your whore mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you also got Linnea Quigley, Michelle Bauer, and Brink Stevens. So, but when I, mean, I say it's not a good movie, that's not an insult mm-hmm. by any right. means. No. Oh, yeah. This I is mean, like, I've fucking seen this movie like three or four times. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah. yeah. It's hanging out with your buds, drinking some beers kind of movie is what it is. Um, and then the other thing to his career, 
He's also done a lot of writing, which is super cool. He's, he's that versatile. And notably the one that if you listen to this podcast faithfully, yep. you're going to know is that he did writing on Blood Diner. And I had no idea that was him. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually thankful for this filmmaker to reach out to us because I've, I've been discovering things about Dookie I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm really anxious to see this doc. I think it's going to be great. I still say Blood Diner is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Oh my Blood gosh, Diner, yeah, so much fun. Yeah, I revisit that movie like every year. It's just so good. I wish I knew he had written that. That that was him back then. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so I don't think we want to dwell too much on his background and his career because that's going to be in the doc. Yeah, if you're interested in it, I don't know how much the doc covers, but he does have a little bit of a porn career too. If you're interested, mm. did I know that? <laughs> So did one of the lead actresses in the movie we're talking about today. Oh. And as I said, what we are talking about today is Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama. Directed by David Dakota. Who we, have we haven't covered one of his films. We have we? not. We have not, which Dakota is film. a fucking shame. Uh, a full moon legend. I'll say that. <laughs> full moon pictures, Charles Band's Empire. He's, I had forgotten that this was a full moon film. Well, and then was, when I turned it on, it's like full yeah. moon right there. I was like, oh, okay. This is why Dustin was like... Well, it was done for... What was it? Urban Classics? Yeah, it was kind of full moon before they were full moon, mm-hmm. more or less. But now it's kind of under that umbrella. Yeah, or they bought the production company out or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think let's just dig in and start talking about this film. Let's do it. Do, one more, do one what we more, do. One more thing about um, like Haunted Garage and stuff is like some of the movies they contributed soundtracks to... Uh, I want to point that out real quick because uh, you can see him on screen in at least one of them, Cyclone from 87. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the motorcycle movie. <laughs> they perform devil metal during a club scene in that nice. one. It's got Jeffrey Combs in it. Oh, nice. Ooh. Yeah, that's the thing you sent us. Yeah, yeah. So watch that. It's fun. I had a friend who saw that and he swore, he swore they were doing um, uh, Danzig's um, Twist of Cain. <laughs> and the riff does sound a little twist of Caney, but I'm We're like, dude, that was not that was not Danzig. I guarantee you that was We're not, not a Danzig cover band. <laughs> I did some songs on Nightmare Sisters. That's the one I always think of because there's like three tracks I want to say in that. Two or three. Yeah, uh, Sorority Sister Succubus is one that I think was written express, expressly for the movie. Yeah, and I love that one. And Brain in a Jar. Uh, I went back and rewatched Nightmare Sisters for this too, so I could talk about that a little bit. Because it has a little connection with our film. It does. Yeah. Uh, got off a movie called Dead Hate the Living. Did some music for that. And um, another bad movie. Uh, the remake of Night of the Demons from uh, 2009. I don't think I've ever seen that. It has a great soundtrack. Hmm. But they did, uh, they used the incredible two headed transplant on that. And that's going way back. That was off their first uh, EP. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, so check those movies out. Even the ones I said that suck, because you get to listen to some Haunted Garage, and that's cool. What is this film about? This film is about sorority babes and a slime ball bolorama. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> what is a slime ball bolorama? 
Apparently, it is a Bolarama that has a imp housed in the trophy. Hmm. Okay, so it's 1988. <laughs> let's, let's get that out of the way. It is 1988. Uh, this is decidedly an 80s horror comedy. Oh, God, yes. Through and through. Um, originally, it was going to be called The Imp, I believe, right? Yes. Which is pr- pretty title. generic. Yeah. yeah, Slimeball is a much better title. <laughs> You're never going to forget that name. No. You know, I actually ignored it for a long time because I would see the VHS box, and I just assumed it was like a softcore kind of like horror thing. That's Nightmare Sisters. Um. And then one day I just finally caved and rented it. And I was like, oh, no, this is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. I'm, I'm bummed that I didn't watch Nightmare Sisters yet. I wanted to, but I didn't have time to fit it in before we came to record. But Oh, you should. It's great. Yeah, it's it's fun. Sit alone. <laughs> watch some softcore. <laughs> well, this 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 movie and it's Nightmare Sisters and all of its ilk, those, that's the movies that we rented you know, when we were teenagers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it just takes me back. It's so much fun. So I'll drop the synopsis on you guys. Okay, okay. You tell us what it's about. <clears throat> Three frat boys sneak into the Tri-Delt sorority to witness the initiation of new pledges and are caught. The pledges must go to the local bowling lane and steal a trophy, aided by the unwanted frat boys. An accident causes a trophy to break, releasing an evil imp who begins raking havoc with the teens, who begin to suffer an attrition... Who begins suffering an attrition problem. Wow, that's really weirdly phrased. That is oddly phrased. <laughs> Terrible synopsis. <laughs> They start dying. Let's, let's, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. They start dying. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. you know? Did you get that they were frat boys? I uh, thought they were losers. That's what I point. thought. Yeah. I, I mean. I thought they were just like college students. I did not get that they were frat boys. But okay. Because this film has a very like uh, Porky's, Revenge of the Nerds kind yeah. of yeah, sheen the, to there it. There are three losers. Jimmy, Calvin, and Keith. Mm. All following very specific archetypes. Oh, yeah. One's like a, just a total perv. The other one's a whore geek. I think he's watching Slumber Party Massacre at the beginning. Yeah, which that's Calvin, who's one of our main characters, played by Andrus Jones. Who was also in... Do you want to do it? Nightmare on Elm Street 4, yes. Dream Master. He played Rick. I love him a lot. I wish he had been in Alice's more stuff. brother. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was good in that. He had the lamest death scene in that movie, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I would like a gif of, Ju- of Dustin just going oh well <laughs> and he's watching Silver Party Massacre and Robin Still I think her name is who plays Babs was in that mm. ah yeah a lot of connections mm-hmm. oh yeah mm-hmm. and did you notice who Jimmy was he looked familiar to me but I didn't place him played by Hal Havens mm-hmm. Same year, he played Stooge and I the Demons. I thought that oh. was him. Yep. He had such like yeah. he seems so familiar, uh-huh. and I was like, that seems like the dude from Night of the Demons. Uh-huh. But then <laughs> that's awesome. But he's so completely made up differently in Night of the Demons. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, very also with the Quigley. No, I mean, really. he's kind of playing the same character. Oh, pretty yeah, much. If, yeah. if you need a, a slobby, a slobby yeah. party boy that's going to die at some point in the mm-hmm. film, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great, awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so they're just having a, a peaceful night. Uh, one of them is indulging in his love of horror movies. The other two are kind of BSing about. Well, one's, one's looking in, at Playboy yeah, penthouse or something. One's looking at Penthouse, and the other one's just drinking, drinking bruises. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, Jimmy, I think, that first brings it up, right? Yeah. Yep. Like, he knows where the initiation for the uh, sorority is going to be. Well, it's kind of your typical, like, Friday night. You know, you're hanging mm-hmm. out. Like, what are we going to do? Oh, uh-huh. no, what do you want to do? Sure. And then, you know, well, I happen to know. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's um, it's Tri Delta, right? That's I the think name. So, tri-delta. The Tri-Delts. The Tri-Delts. I don't know, man. It's all Greek to me. <laughs> More aptly known through the film, though, is the Felta Delts. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Felta Delta. Felta Delta. Yes. 
Yes. Um, but they're known to have very crazy initiation rituals that go on. Yeah, real crazy. Um, and they want to go and spy on them. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like the horn dogs that they are. Right. So they immediately commit a crime and get on their property and start peeping through windows. Well, now Calvin's not so down with it, though. Like, right. Calvin's like, eh, I don't Is he the drunk one? He just wanted to watch his movie. Calvin, yeah, yeah so Calvin... They, he has a beer. Yeah, he has a beer and gets blitzed off of a beer and starts puking through the rest of the movie and everything. Yeah, he's still great. Um, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I kind of thought about that when I was watching it. I was like, yeah, that's... I was like, man, I identify uh, with this character a lot. <laughs> I don't want to go watch that. I just want to sit here and watch horror movies. Yeah. Who cares about girls? I'm watching a horror film. <laughs> and Jason is the dude who's like... Let's my stage. <laughs> you could be either one of those, man. You could be either one. Well, yeah. So, but we we cut to a scene and we see um, the uh, three main girls of the sorority. Of yeah. The sorority kind of run things, kind of getting ready for things. You see, Babs is she's the one that's known as the the head, mm-hmm. the head girl. Like she's the one who's orchestrating everything. Which is Robin still? She, she's in charge. Oh, and also she was in The Being, Uncredited, the Jackie Kong movie. Oh. And Jackie Kong directed Bloodliner. So. Yeah, there we go. Wow, you're just flying with these connections. Man. <laughs> I love it. He's got, I mean, no one will be able to see it because it's a podcast, but Jason has a board with like red string connected to all these people. <laughs> it's all coming together. And for some reason, he's just made a giant penis out of it, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> Not sure why that is. Hey, I go where the patterns take me. I can't <laughs> it's all it's all the signs, man. It's all the signs. Well, then they've got the the two friends. It's what uh, Rhonda and Frankie. Yes, Rhonda and Frankie. Rhonda's Kathy O'Brecht, and Frankie is uh, Carla Baron. Yeah, I couldn't find much about them. I just love how fucking eighties they are. Oh, yeah. it's so, so fantastic! Just I love it. They're putting on like these black robes for the initiation, and mm-hmm. the ones complaining that's going to mess up her hair, and just like the cheesiest lines. Oh, and it's... that the robes are so itchy, yeah. and that, that they're that this is the true initiation that they have to wear these robes, and and apparently there's just two girls being initiated. Mm-hmm. Isn't it usually more? But anyway, it's uh, Brink <laughs> Stevens who plays Taffy, and Michelle Bauer who is Lisa. Now Michelle Bauer is the one who had a porn career. Ah, mm. uh, she worked under the name, amongst others, uh, P.S. Snow was one of them, and she was actually in the classic Cafe Flesh. I wonder if that one. I wonder if okay. if, if you're listening along and you're interested, write that down because I can't put that in the show notes. <laughs> I wonder if uh, any of Dookie's films crossed over to hers. Uh, not in my research, but you never know. <laughs> not in his research. How oh, much research? I didn't go. Did. I didn't go that deep. <laughs> That's not one of the titles of the porn, actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Cafe Flesh is like a serialistic classic. It's it's interesting. Hmm. I, I, if you like pornography or you're not offended by it, it's it's an interesting movie. Check it out. I'm still laughing about Jason last week telling us about <laughs> buying that movie. And the guy's like, are you aware this is pornography? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Just want to make sure you knew. <laughs> What do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> but you can see uh, with Lisa and Taffy, like one of them is more into this whole sorority thing than the other. Yeah, right. Um, the one's kind of just like whatever. I'm just doing this to support my friend. Oh, this is everything for Lisa. Yeah, she's like, what else is she gonna do? You got to get in the sorority. You meet all the right people. Make the connections. Sure. I did college really wrong. Me too. Based on everything. <laughs> well, see, I've I grew seen. up on a steady diet of movies like this, and college was not like this. At least not for me. I was robbed. I was cheated. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I obviously did something wrong. You only got a couple spankings. <laughs> right. And it was yeah. not in this context. Right. 
The only spankings I got were to my wallet. That's <laughs> <laughs> not the only thing. Uh, yeah, so... They peep through the windows, They're right? peeping through the windows, they're watching, and there's... Uh, Babs comes down, and she's got a big paddle. Yep. Um, and they, the girls are... <laughs> In their in their skivvies, yeah. Um, that's the only way to receive a proper paddling. Obviously, oh, yeah. and uh, conveniently in front of the open window with no you know yeah. curtains or anything. Yeah, and it's like a ten minute paddling scene. <laughs> it goes on incredibly long. I was like, is this paddling or padding? It's like awkwardly uh... long. But you know I love it because every time they cut back to the guys, they're making them goofiest, like over exaggerated sure. responses. Yeah, they're terrible peepers. They would yeah. get caught immediately. <laughs> Jason's an expert. <laughs> but then, like, you guys need to shut the fuck up. Or you're gonna get the cops called on you. But then one of them has the brilliant idea, like, "Oh, we need a different angle to yeah. view this at. So let's they, let's break into the house. They step up the crime <laughs> and actually enter the domicile. Uh, so, but now the spankings have stopped, mm-hmm. and it's on to the whipped cream. Oh yeah, gotta have um, the whipped cream. Yeah, right? yeah, and so they spray them with whipped cream, and then they tell them to go upstairs and shower, and quite possibly. The lowest water pressure shower head I've ever seen <laughs> in anything. Tiffany complained about that. I, I mean, no wonder there was 20 minutes of Taffy <laughs> naked showering <laughs> off because she couldn't get the goddamn whipped cream off because there's no water pressure. Yeah. Oh, if you want an extended bathing sequence, you have to watch Nightmare Sisters. I need to watch it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so somehow... They, they send them upstairs to shower, yeah. clean off. And the guys sneak up there. They sneak up there somehow. And they're all doing the whole Three Stooges gag, where yeah. they're one head on top of the other looking in. And their faces in this scene yeah, is great. fucking ridiculous. <laughs> well, Babs catches them, mm-hmm. um, and she kicks them into the room, mm-hmm. and then there's all of a sudden, you know, everybody's covering up for modesty and all sure. that stuff. Yeah, right. but, then they're um, on the couch, and they're like being interrogated. And, and Babs brings up the perfectly valid point that... They are well within their rights to kill these men because they yeah. broke into their home. <laughs> but I love how that scene starts because I think it's Jimmy. He's like, well, we've caused you enough trouble. We're just going to go. And he tries to stand up and they shove him back down. So Babs works out uh, an alternate arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to send them to the, the local mall. The local mall where there happens to be a bowling alley. And they are to steal a trophy. From the bowling alley and bring it back to prove that they broke in. Well, now it's all part of Babs' master plan because her daddy actually owns the mall. Yep. And so she can get in. Um, But, you know, the rest of the crew doesn't know that. So are our main heroes. But I love how they they dump the guys on them to go along. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It's their punishment. (laughs) It's almost as if she knew Uncle Impey was there. (laughs) No, she did not. Um, They end up going to the... So they get to the mall... Which and I love the scene on the way over. They're talking about how they're going to get into the mall, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's Jimmy, right? No, yeah. it's it, Jimmy's the one that acts like he's like MacGyver or something. Yeah, and he's like going over all these ways that they're going to break into the mall. Um, they get there, and he's like, "Well, I just need to do this, this, and this." Well, uh, Calvin, drunk off his ass, just like <laughs> opens the door, and it's just open. <laughs> like, the mall is just open, of course. Um, as they go in, uh, are they the ones that lock uh, the janitor in the... I think he's already accidentally stuck. Well, no, he's, somebody... He's about bu- to get out at one point, and then someone shuts the door on him, and he's stuck again. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a janitor who's stuck in his closet. Which I should say, about this whole mall situation, it was shot in like different places. So there was like the bowling alley set, and then there's the mall, and they just kind of cut it like they're connected. 
Yeah, I always thought that was weird every time I watched this because I've bowling alleys are usually not in the mall, but you know, I'm whatever. sure there's some place somewhere that has a bowling alley. Yeah, I don't know. Right in if you had a mall with a bowling alley. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Um, but the janitor is played by George Buck Flower, credited here as C.D. LaFleur. And I guarantee you, you've seen George Buck Flower. He, things. him, and Dookie absolutely <laughs> steal this. Yeah. Like every single scene they are in. It's their movie. Right. As much as I love Linnea Quigley, mm-hmm. this is not her movie. No, but I mean, she's awesome. In she's it, great in she, it, she, but she this is... Well, it. from the first second you see the janitor, he's just like chewing the fuck out of every scene oh, yeah. for every second. He knows exactly the type <laughs> of movie he's in and he knows what to do. But this guy, he was in The Fog, uh, Back to the Future. Um, probably one of his biggest roles was in Pumpkinhead. Oh, yeah. He was the, the other father. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's super. Like, if you've watched any film from the '80s, you've seen this guy's face. Yeah, I guarantee you. Uh, But it's so funny because you don't really know why he's in the film at first. It's other than this joke that he's stuck. Right, can't get out. Yeah, but there is payoff later. There is. So, as there's a lot of just plot padding Mm -hmm. here. Just they're they're slowly exploring the bowling alley. Yeah, they split up, and it's not until we find till they finally find. Um, the I guess it was a trophy, right? That housed mm-hmm. Uncle Impy. Well, it was just a trophy. It was the the biggest trophy they found, right? Yeah. So well, one of them runs into but, Spider first. Yeah, we should cover. Oh that yeah, first. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Spider it's, is there, played by the ever awesome Linnea Quigley. Yep. And I'll love her in this film because it's she actually is sort of like the leading person mm-hmm. for once. If yeah. I remember right, so the first time I watched this was on um, Joe Bob's Shutter Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the drive-in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the last drive-in. There we go. Sorry. That's I'll get it. there. That's the one. Um, and I remember Joe Bob talking about it, and I'm pretty sure Linnea Quigley pushed for this role, that she was supposed to be one of the other girls. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have the note for that. Um, but but uh, Dakota was like really excited to work with her and like gave her the script and said, you can pick any character. Right. And that's your character. Right. And I remember because... Uh, Joe Bob was talking about this was kind of the first role that she got to do that. You know, yeah, like that right. she well, was awesome because when you usually think of her, she's like the eye candy in most films. Yeah, yeah, and almost she everything. She looks young. She looks like she should be a college student. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that, but that she works. has like 80s the fuck out of herself. Yes, and it's total badass. Yeah. yeah, you know, like full on 80s makeup. She's the badass on the motorcycle and she's there to rob the place. Mm-hmm. As that's what I do. Sure. You know, She's going after weird things to rob, though. Like, she's trying to break into a pinball machine. <laughs> yeah, I want those quarters. Like, I <laughs> maybe, mean, maybe she's got Pac Man fever. Okay. <laughs> uh, but they stumble into Spider. Calvin's immediately got a bit of a crush on her. And who oh, can yeah. blame him? Yeah. Of course. Again, still, I'm, I'm right there with Calvin. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I identify with him. Yeah. Uh, Calvin's got a bit of a crush on her. She's doing her and her badass thing. Mm-hmm. Tell them the fuck off. And at the same that. time, Babs and her friends have gotten into the security station of the mall, and they're spying on all of this with the cameras. Yep, watching on the cameras. I don't even remember what their initial, what their plan was going to be. Were they going to scare them? Yeah, they're going to scare them and run them off so they won't get the trophy, and then they won't get initiated. Mm-hmm. And then they can punish them more. And it's really like a very convoluted plot on their it's, part. It's like, Machiavellian, really. <laughs> yeah, I just... Okay, there's no means to an end here, but whatever. All right. Um, they eventually finally stumble through and find this trophy. Mm-hmm. The biggest trophy they can get. It's what they choose. Yep. Um, but something happens. 
Yeah, because they all get together, and that's when Lene is trying to break into the pinball machine. <laughs> this is great. And uh, <laughs> she, uh, the dude who plays uh, Jimmy Stooge, I just want to call him Stooge. He's forever Stooge to me. That's fine. We went in an entire episode where I called somebody um, like Officer Dicksuck or something like that. Or, <laughs> I don't remember. Right. The Nightingale episode. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever said that. Or in the Beast episode, I never knew that guy's name. Kravachinko? Kravachinko. Holy shit! You're close. You're, You're so close. close. Holy shit! That was pretty good. <laughs> Couldn't do it on the episode. I got it now. <laughs> good, good job. Uh, yeah, Stooge said something rude to her, so she kind of belts him in the gut, and he drops the trophy, and it breaks. And Ooh, mist and smoke. Mist, out. and out comes... Well, that's a puppet. It's <laughs> and this is how you know it's somehow tied to full moon. Yes, it's a puppet. It it's a it. good puppet. It's a rubber it puppet. You it know, good. I mean, it's not like convincing. You're not going to look at it and be like, "Oh, it's like Yoda." You know, I actually believe this character. But man, wouldn't it be great if Uncle Impy took Yoda's spot? <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Bitch, you better not do that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, lightsaber on your ass. <laughs> the character really comes alive through Dookie Flyswatter's performance, definitely. Mm-hmm. He makes this film just sing and go to a different level. So he starts to tell them that... Uh, <laughs> he can grant wishes. He can grant wishes, yeah. And gives each of them a wish. And it's great because Calvin kind of interjects and is like, whoa, I don't know about this. <laughs> he guesses the plot of the movie. Yeah. And it's, it's that thing, like, we notice, like, Scream with Randy. Like, there's always the yeah. nerdy person that's into horror films. And because they have this knowledge, they, yeah. like, know what's up. He's like, wishes always, like, turn on you in this situation. And he's like, he's, he's read the monkey paws, obviously. Which, very loosely, this film is kind of right. an adaptation of that. Right. Uh, so it it starts off pretty simple or pretty harmless with the wishes that are granted. Uh, just, <laughs> it's okay. So Stooge wishes for gold, gold, just yep. gold, <laughs> and then these gold bars appear. Right, cool. He's happy with his gold. <laughs> um, uh, Keith apparently wishes for Lisa to be in her underwear and to have sex with him. Well, he doesn't know what he wants at first, and then MP is like, more. "Hey, here, let me wish, whisper something to you." That's right. Yeah. yeah. So apparently, Lisa doesn't get a wish. Which we, we should talk about this for a second. If you're trying to look, go back to this film in like a modern context, this is kind of problematic a little but, bit. But you know, there's actually it does turn. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was I'd forgotten about how that turned. Right. And I was. It's kind of progressive yeah. for that part. Kind of. That's what I wanted to say. Is so don't be like super put off by this. Like right. one thing, it's it's the '80s. It's you know what it is, but. There's actually like more depth to this when it but goes. But you will you will immediately if you have any. Yeah, it's kind of skeevy at first. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. that this dude has basically wished for this girl to have sex with him. Yeah, and she immediately is like in her underwear in lingerie and yeah. is like fawning all over him, and she's like, "Let's go!" <laughs> right, and, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm gonna go with her." Yeah, yeah. And so they're gone. They're out of the picture now. Now. Taffy, Brink Stevens, has probably the lamest wish of all. Oh, but she does get two wishes. You don't know that it's the lamest. It's were lame. You, were you the prom queen? <laughs> no. Did you sleep at the prom queen? No. See, that's what I thought. You don't even know. <laughs> but I Uncle also Impy answer says, no to both of those. But <laughs> Me as well. Uncle Impy likes her, so he's going to give her two wishes. So her first one is to be the prom queen. Yeah. She never got to be queen of the prom. So suddenly she's in like this dress, like a Gown. And she's so happy. And she's just dancing around. She's happy. She's, I guess it's good to have attainable goals, <laughs> but I mean, when an imp grants you wishes, go for the sky. You oh, know? and you know, we're already past it, but to back up real quick, I love when they first meet Spider and they're kind of like telling everyone's names. And when they get to Taffy, she just like reams on her about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Taffy? <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, magically they get their wishes and everything 
seems kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider and uh, Calvin. Calvin are more suspect, and they leave. Um, but uh, Uncle Impy knows. That's how he introduces himself. He says, don't be mean to Uncle Impy. Um, he knows that uh, Babs and Rhonda and Frankie are spying on him. Mm-hmm. So, for sneaking and peeking, as he puts it, <laughs> <laughs> he, he turns Rhonda and Frankie into monsters? Question mark. Well, one's like the Bride of Frankenstein. Like exactly like the it, yeah. Oh man, it's like oh man. The other one has some stuff very, on her face. Yeah, some shit on her face. That's basically a very like Italian demon look, almost yeah. the way. Yeah, for like a lower budget film or something. The Babs is not affected. But she runs from her friends who are now monsters. Not affected yet. Yet. And Uncle Impy seals them in the bowling alley. Right. He like electrifies all the doors. Yeah. Um, so now this is where our, the wishes kind of start to come undone mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, it starts off easy. So for Stooge, what is his actual fucking name? Jimmy. 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 So for Jimmy, he finds out these aren't actually bars of gold. This is wood. Yeah, yep. wood, wood just, painted just gold. Wood painted gold. Much like the film Endgame. <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the gold painted wood. That's true. And I have to like the way that he's playing this like fawning over the gold is so fucking hilarious. Yes. Like he's laying there next to it. Like <laughs> yes. yes, my gold. He's making yes. love with the gold. Uh, well, Taffy starts to notice that her dress is all torn. Yeah, and it's her all dress dirty. Is shredded and and it's you know. Um, so then we, I think it, that's when they get waylaid by the monster girls. Yeah. Monster girls show up and that goes on for way too fucking long. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the girls put Jimmy's head in the ball polisher. Yep. It's pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. And it, it, you know, messes his face up, like rubs all the skin off, I guess. Cause we see him briefly and he's like all red, but then his yeah. head actually is removed. Which that's the great, that's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's more of Uncle Impy's narration as they're winding <laughs> right. up to bowl. Yeah. And bowl his head. Bowl his head. Yeah. Um, you kind of knew it had to happen. Well, I mean, sure. in yeah. a movie like this, it's Why would you happen. set it there? Yeah. 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 And it's, did, not, it's not the only time. We did they have it return through the ball return? I no. no. See, that's a waste. I think you're thinking of Cabin Fever where they do that. That's just a wasted opportunity. Well, you know. Yeah. This movie also has a special place in my heart because. Like the bowling alley and the arcade in it really takes me back to my childhood because I, I virtually grew up in a bowling alley. My parents were in the league and my mom worked there, so I was there all the time. Jason oh, was wow. actually born on lane nine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I could like smell this place. Mm-hmm. I could still smell the smoke and just the various other odors. So <laughs> I don't know if it's still there, but did you guys ever go to the... So we have, in our town, we have the bowling alley that has like the cosmic bowling and that's where like all the teenagers go. But I always yeah. went to Maroon Lanes. Yeah. 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 The, the shitty local one. We had... I don't... You know, we call it <laughs> shitty local, but man, that place had a cheeseburger that could make you shit your pants for a week. <laughs> like the Is amount that a good of, thing? Yeah. The amount of grease on that cheeseburger... That was just like, that's what I imagined. Well, we like, used to bowl back when I was in college. We used to bowl at, on campus. Oh, yeah. they, they had the little bowling alley We did there. too, yeah. So we always went there. It's They finally destroyed that place. But yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun there. Now it's a computer center thing. Boring. Yeah, used lame. arcade and pool tables, bowling alley. Lame. Anyway. Meanwhile, in the <laughs> locker rooms, because, you know, there's locker rooms here, of course. Well, sure. Um, you got to have a place to go change, get ready to bowl. You can't just change right out in the open. Things are getting uh, hot and heavy with Lisa and Keith. Yes. Which this is where we say, this is actually kind of progressive for the time. Mm-hmm. And like when we say, don't turn this on or don't get off, put off, put off by this. <laughs> yeah. 
There's also the before you say this, she keeps telling him to hold her, hold him closer, hold her closer, and he says, "If I was any closer, I'd be behind you." And she's like, "Oh, you're so funny," and he gets <laughs> he gets this funny delivery. He says, "No, I actually stole that line from a movie." <laughs> <laughs> she's like everything he does. She's all over him, yeah. and she's being very, very aggressive. It looks how, it's like how women are to us. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, what she's uh yeah but this is interestingly where uh keith actually says like i think we should slow down like yeah i think you're under a spell or something yeah he yeah, actually yeah. acknowledges yeah. that you're not in your right mind that you are that i don't think you really want this and mm-hmm. you don't the only reason you want this because you're under this spell yep and i don't want it like this yeah it's like all right and it's kind of like damn like That's good, for there's a lot of shitty sleazy things that happen in 80s films and oh, 90s yeah. films like where you, you watch them and you're like dude that's not cool mm-hmm. this one the actually of the nerds <laughs> yeah this one legitimately says like hey we yeah. shouldn't do this because right. you're not you're yeah, not you you gotta respect that but of course because he has that regret uncle mp doesn't stop it right right <laughs> But well, Uncle Impy lacks the morals that Keith has. Mm-hmm. But Keith doesn't go through with it, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, he still shuts it down. But for as other much reasons, as he can, yeah, <laughs> she's still all over him. But he's not, you know, taking advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, mm-hmm. Spider and Calvin go. They're hiding in like a supply closet. I think yeah, yeah. It has a gun for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's so blatantly a joke, though. Like I love how yeah. much of a joke that is because it, she's like looking around for something to use as a weapon. And Calvin's like, here! Yeah, it's a hands are a broom. It's just like, well, I'm going to clean him to death. He yeah. looks around some more and hands are like a 1911 semi-automatic. Yeah. Which, they'd already kind of stacked up the to slow her down, slow mm-hmm. Monster Girl down or whatever. But when she finally breaks through, Linnea gets to fire off a shot. Shoots her. Well, that doesn't kill her. And she gets up. She shoots her again. Uh, using the exact same cut footage, which I love. They're like, we get to shoot this so gun good. once and record it, so we're going to have to use the shit out of the same scene. Uh, they put that, you know. So then they, the, the two get out of the supply closet and escape. And then the Bride of Frankenstein girls chase and bring Stevens around. Hissing. Oh, man, she is so a lot over the top. Her, yeah. She is so over the top. There's and some... I, it's appropriate for the movie, but it's also like, oh, my God, it's like a sixth-grade production of Frankenstein. But yeah, there's a lot of... Um, this scene goes on way too long. I as love well. that there's like a water fountain in the mall, and they do this whole like they're on opposite sides, like right. creeping around. Again, it's like a cartoon. The whole movie is really. <laughs> yeah, there's some very strange chore- choreography going on uh, between the two of them, where they're just kind of dancing with this pole. Yeah, she's trying to hit her with, just kind of dancing around with it. Um, I don't think you and Wu Ping did the fight choreography for this movie. No, no, no. <laughs> If he did, he's like, scrub it. Don't <laughs> don't put my name anywhere on this. Um, meanwhile, we go back a bit to Lisa and Keith. And he finally sort of removes himself from the situation. But what is it? He brings up he needs a drink or something. And she doesn't buy that at first. And then he mentions he's going to get some ice to like spice yeah, things up. Yeah, like for a sex thing. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, okay. And that, then he gets killed. Which is funny because it's like he escapes. <laughs> And then he just kind of wanders around in like the food court area of yeah. the, the place. Well, and meanwhile, uh, Spider and Calvin are looking for another weapon. Mm-hmm. And they decide that they'll go to the food court to find knives. Mm-hmm. That they'll surely have something there. Right. Um, but they end up killing 
Keith by like shoving his face in boiling water, which I'm really concerned that the mall is closed and there's water still boiling. Well, I think that's Impy just setting stuff up. Or maybe the janitor was making something. Making some fries. Or maybe there's yeah. just some, some really shitty employees that are like, fuck this, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm just sad that his head wasn't a hush puppy when he came back yeah. up like Blood Diner. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Not every film can yeah. swing for the fence like that, though. That's true. You know. Uh, so he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're um, all kind of dropping here. And Taffy gets pulled apart. Stretch like like taffy, taffy. Yeah. <clears throat> but I love how they do it because this is the cut of them like pulling on her, uh-huh. and then you don't see it again until they find her, and it's this very staged shot where it's like her upper body and her lower body. Yeah, and there's like a column in between it, so you can't just tell that she's just laying there and someone else is laying. <laughs> <on her. laughs> what you're telling I me know. that didn't? Do- I, I ruined oh. the illusion for you. I'm sorry. Oh, I love it so much. So out of this film now. So good. <laughs> And we're kind of rapid firing how these characters die because this is exactly how it happens in the yeah. movie. Well, yeah, I like, mean, we hit a point. Where this is not like, about plot. We hit a point where they're like, "Oh shit, the runtime's getting a little long start here. Killing them off. We need to start getting rid of them here." And Babs uh, gets back behind the um, the bowling pin machines, mm-hmm. and Uncle Limpy pops up back there, and she's like, "Why are you doing this?" He's like, "Well, I'm an imp. That's what I do." Yeah. <laughs> um, but Babs ends up getting turned into. A dominatrix. That's right. Which Basically. they kind of tease early in the film. Yeah, yeah they the little paddle and everything. Which I, I'm like, don't shame her. Don't, if she wants to be a dominatrix, <laughs> don't shame her, King. No, like, I mean, I'm hey, it's legitimate sex work. Like you do what you do. I'm all about it. If as long as everybody's consensual, you do whatever the fuck you want to sure. do. Oh, and they also get backstory from the janitor. Yeah, this is where Spider and Calvin, in their hunt for like another exit or anything that can help them, the janitor is finally freed, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they link up with him. And it's this weird, like, uh, it's almost like a Three Stooges bit or something. Yeah, because he's hard of hearing. He has yeah. a hearing aid. Oh, God, that's such a good gag. <laughs> like, it's just so good. He sells it. Like, they're telling him what the plan is, and he's like, hold on, my, my thing's not working. Hold on. Okay, say it again. And she tells him the plan exactly the same again. And he's like, oh, this thing's still not working. He's fine. Like, oh, fuck it. And he just repeats exactly <laughs> back to that. I'll just stay said. here. To go up. <laughs> It's, um, it's delivered so well. But Uncle Ippy was apparently conjured by someone who wanted to bowl a perfect score or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, there's a funny note about this. Um, the the man in the story is Dave McCabe. And when David Dakota directed some adult films, that was the alternate name he put his credit in as. Oh, uh, nice. Yes. He, has, he has many nom de plumes. Yeah. But yeah, basically, he really wanted to bowl a perfect game. Uh, he couldn't do it. Make a deal with the devil. So he turned to Black Magic, summoned up Uncle Impy, traded, I guess, whatever, got his wish, won, but then people started turning up dead at the bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> it's very nonchalant <laughs> about it, too. Like, people just started showing up dead. I don't and know. What a, I think he says it's Dave that figures out that if you seal an imp in a confined space, it like drains their power. Yeah, he can't get out. And so he sets to a right to do that, but then he ends up getting arrested for the murders. Mm-hmm. So Uncle Impy has been trapped for 30 years. But now that he's finally released, he gets to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Except um, as everything, like I guess everybody's dead now. Except Well, for the this. next kill that does happen is uh, Lisa's still waiting for Keith to come back. And Babs rolls up on her with the whip. And we don't really see what happens. Yeah, but... I guess she either whipped her to death or strangled her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. None of this matters. And then the other one... Uh, Messed up face girl kills the janitor. Yep. Stabs him. Have we got anybody left? 
That's no, it. It's just our leads. It's Calvin and Spider. Which they come across Babs. Yeah. Get into a bit of a struggle. Burn her with a Molotov cocktail. Well, yeah. I, and I love this because as she's dying, <laughs> Spider's like, ah, oh, darn, I really loved her outfit. <laughs> yeah. I wish you didn't have to do that. I like her outfit. It's such a great line. <laughs> but the imp's still there. Um, but they do get out of the mall. They get out of the bowling alley. Right. Mm. And... Oh yeah, this is where uh, it's the the, bride, the one who's the bride of Frankenstein. She's got the axe and she's coming at him. It's right when they're about to get out. Yes, because Spider wrests the axe away and then decapitates her. Right, super cool. But is it Calvin that gets in the car? Yeah, she tells him to run out and start the car and bring it around. Right, so he's driving it and then out pops the other chick, Rhonda, whatever her name was. And we get yeah, it's <laughs> a great line. great line, Jason. What is it? <laughs> Monster in the back seat. Otis trick in the book. <laughs> it's so good. I will say, if there's anywhere I think this film suffers, it's in this back half when everyone's dying. They kind of dialed down on like the Uncle Impy. Yeah, I want like, Uncle Impy commentary. Yeah, it's funny when he pops up and has things to say. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Calvin survives the crash, obviously. Yep. Um, but it happens because Spider finds Uncle Impy, and she's got like this tin can thing. It's, yeah. it's Prince Albert can. Yeah, yeah, it's Prince Albert can. And she like dumps it on him at the last minute, which kind of releases that magic that was making everything happen. And so he just survives the crash. Yep. So then they ride off on her bike. Yeah, trash. Uh, trash. trash <laughs> different trash. movie. Sorry, a little same, slip there. Same actress, different movie. Yeah, uh, Spider comes and gets him out, and you know, saves him from the car and everything. Um, and she tells him like, "We're gonna go somewhere else." And he's mm-hmm. like, "Where?" And she's like, "My place." <laughs> I just, and I think this is I so, what her place is like. It's so sweet, like their relationship as characters. The way like he's just a complete loser, and she's this like hard badass biker chick yeah what's funny though is like i get this impression i'm going way too fucking deep Uh um in this movie but i get this impression that this isn't really who spider is Hmm. that this is like facade or something yeah because they have this like kind of cute little scene where they're sitting in the i think it's in the storage room Mm -hmm. and now there's a bathroom there somewhere there's a girl sitting there um and she lights up a cigarette and calvin's like you shouldn't do that and uh, she's like, what are you, my mom? Mm-hmm. And you almost get this impression that like this is almost like a, a rebellion type a thing. rebellion or an mm-hmm. act that she's putting on or whatever. Because she's so interested in this like super nerdy, yeah. you know, well-meaning kid. Mm-hmm. That it almost makes me, I don't know. I could see that. But yeah, I just like it because it's like they don't make a big deal about it. And it's not like some big romantic kiss at the end. But it's right. just like they go from just like strangers to they have this little like chemistry together that's really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it ends with Uncle Impy. They just left him there on the curb <laughs> in the, with can. the can over him. It smells like tobacco in here. So, so all someone has to do is just knock the can over, and Uncle Impy's out again. I mean, that's not Spider's problem. <laughs> I guess not. She's done. She got <laughs> her and Calvin out. He's got that mm. line. You in the front row? You want to wish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is such a great way to like send it out on. But you may be onto something, Jason, uh-huh. because. Uh, in 2019, Full Moon Features announced this whole thing they did called The Deadly Ten, mm-hmm. where they were going to make ten new films that were updates or connecting pieces to old classics from Full Moon. And one of those is a sequel to this. Yep. Uh, it's so- going to have Linnea Quigley, Brink Stevens, Michelle Bauer, David Dakota is going to be back directing. Uh, co- oh, I have the director listed as Brink Stevens. Uh, they're co-directing. Oh, it, co-directing. Yeah, cool. Working on it together. Cool. 
I hope this actually happens. I mean, it's going to be one of those things that just never materialized. I know they've world. made some of them because the Puppet Master one was a Blade solo film. Mm. And it was not that great, but you know, it's Puppet Master, so. So you got to watch it. <laughs> so, I liked it. So you got the blue. I got the blue. It's at least yeah. three stars if it's Puppet Master. Uh, I gave it like four. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world. It's better than Brimstone. <laughs> it is. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, Puppet Master sequel is better than Brimstone. <laughs> Uh, most of them are. You so. should go tweet that. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, it's not a complex film. It's not a deep film. It's, it's a not a movie. meaningful film, but it's it is so movie. much fun. Oh, so much fun. Now I think I'm not entirely sure because it didn't look that hard on Shutter. Because, but this is on Shutter. This on is Shutter. how we watched it. And you know, it had four skulls out of five. Yeah. 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 User yeah. rating. Um, Joe Bob did do an episode with this on it. If you can find that episode, I'm not sure if it's still on there. Probably I think it is. is. I don't know how they do those. Well, they, if Shredder's still playing the movie, they probably still had the episode. So it's and if you're watching this by yourself and you don't have somebody to get around like and watch this, Joe Bob's a great way to do it. Sure, because you get some really nice trivia thrown mm-hmm. in between in the middle there. Joe Bob's always great, you know, and kind of get. I don't know. I'm I'm a big proponent of Joe Bob, even though sometimes he's a little too misogynistic. Um, but still, mm. well, it's I'm, a it's a character he plays. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of Joe Bob because I feel like I get to watch these shitty movies and I'm not watching them by myself. Yeah, you know, it's like you got somebody there to to right. share it with. Well, I'll give you a horror host connection to that because I did watch Monster Vision and that was a cool thing back in the day. Mm-hmm. But my jam was USA Up All Night. Yeah, especially when Rhonda Shear was the host. Uh huh. Wonder about that. You know. Um, this actually aired, edited on USA, and it was apparently one of their most popular episodes as far as like viewership. I believe it. And Linnea Quigley was actually on and co-hosted it with her. Oh, that's nice. Cool. That's awesome. And it was probably where I first saw this. I want to say. Did either of you meet her? Have you guys met her at a con yet? No, I've seen her, but I haven't actually gotten an autograph. Or She's anything. apparently a total sweetheart. Yeah, absolutely. Just I'm sure she such is. a sweetheart. Yeah. Oh, the days of cons. <laughs> I mean, they're still happening, and just don't leave the house anymore so. <laughs> right sure yeah um so some connecting points on this uh we should talk about nightmare sisters real quick yeah because it was kind of a sister film right in the wake of this <laughs> production sisters film. uh david dakota kind of took the cast they wanted to stick around and work on this and made this whole other movie nightmare sisters mm-hmm. which it's the same thing right it's sorority sisters yeah and they're a bunch of it's kind of the roles reversed they're a bunch of dweebs and nerds mm-hmm. and stuff but then they get all sexy from a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. That's how it always works. Mm-hmm. And murder ensues. Yep. Ten minute long bathtub scenes ensue. Yeah, it's a little that take that raunchy dial and twist it just a little further yeah. than Sorority Babe. This was a very popular movie for us back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got a Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which of course I have. And uh, Dookie Flyswatter plays Omar at the very mm-hmm. beginning. He's a fortune teller. And he has, okay, he uses this Indian accent, but I think it's also part of his hucksterism. Mm-hmm. I think the character in the movie is pretending. Yeah. You know, to so that he Indian seems accent. more credible as right. like a fortune teller. Yeah. yeah. And he's pretty funny in it. I wish his role was bigger. So now that we've finished with our, our recap and everything, I don't even, I don't, I'm not giving fucking stars for this movie. We're not getting stars? Do you want to give we stars? always give stars. Okay. Yeah, we have to give stars. I need five. Well, I got some more five fun, stars. I got some more fun facts before this is we do better that. than reflecting skin. Yeah, okay. fuck um, yes, it is. <laughs> so the reason this popped off because Charles Band is a producer on this, and he apparently brought uh, Dakota in because he saw Creepazoids from '87, and he loved it so much he wanted to work with him as a director. Also, has a name quickly, right? Uh, I think it does. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but basically, he called him up and said, hey, I've got a movie, and I want you to start working on it. It's called The Imp. I've sold it based on the poster, and we don't have a script. Perfect. <laughs> that's exactly how TerraVision happened, too, mm-hmm. right? Which, again, that's Full Moon. That's how yeah. Roger Corman made yeah. movies. I mean... Um, so the script was actually written in 10 days, and they just had the one draft that they worked off of. <laughs> it took them that long to write? Mm-hmm. Mm. And then they shot the whole thing in 12 days. And apparently the bowling alley that they shot in, they couldn't afford to just rent the whole place out. So they worked out this agreement where they would come in whenever it closed at 9 p.m., and they could shoot till 9 a.m. when it opened back up again. But they had to like clear back out and everything. Like Dawn of the Dead in the yeah. mall and everything. Yeah, which is hilarious. That's great. Um... Whenever they were going to change the name away from the imp, um, Charles Band had a contest among his employees to try to pitch a new title. <laughs> and the winner was Bitchin' Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bullorama. Um, and apparently the whole cast hated this name and they really were against it, except Andrus Jones. He's a funny guy, so I can see him yeah, he got it. driving to that. He got it. Uh, when they took it to the MPAA, they told them that they needed to drop Bitchin' from the title. Oh, man. <laughs> Bitchin's even better. <laughs> That's so 80s. Yeah, it's great. Um, what other fun things? There's so many little connecting things on this. Um, the sorority house, where they shoot that stuff in the intro, two other Linnea Quigley movies have used that house. Oh, uh, Murder Weapon from 89, and it's also featured in Linnea Quigley's Horror Workout video. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's a classic. Beloved, nice. beloved classic for many of us on this show, Was I it like imagine. Dakota's place or something? I don't know. <laughs> Some poor PA. They're like, we're using your house again. Oh, shit. I didn't clean. Oh. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. Yeah, I think that's the brunt of any other things we didn't bring up as we walked through it. So. Yeah, I don't think I've got anything else right now. All right. Michael, so final thoughts. It's like the third or fourth time I've seen it. I enjoy it every time I watch it. Uh, I I won't say five stars. I will say, <laughs> I, say I mean that's awfully high. But I will say, like as far as rewatchability, it's really high. So I'm gonna go with four because it's just fucking yeah. fun as yeah, hell, man. It's a fun movie. Not every movie has to be like a profound no. masterpiece. No. no, we we've talked many times that we rate tend to rate things based on like how you feel in the moment about them, like mm-hmm. what kind of vibes it gives you, how you feel about them later. This yeah. one is always just fun. It's just fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I'll also actually not give it five stars, because I do think it does have some flaws that are very evident. Uh, I want more Uncle Impy. Sure. Maybe some of the kills could have been kicked up a bit. Maybe, yeah, a little bit more gore, Mm -hmm. like the Monster Girls could have looked better. I think you guys are referring to things that require budget. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can do a lot with creativity. Yeah. Um, But it's so much fun. I love it just so, so much. It's a freaking laugh riot every time I watch it. I've seen it hundreds of times. I had it on DVD. I upgraded to the Blu-ray. Uh, it's a classic I watch every year, at least. I was glad I was able to find an excuse to bring it to the show. Mm-hmm. So that's another blessing for this documentary thing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a solid four star all the way. Nice. All right. Nice. And I will join on the wagon with four stars. Nice. Because it's just solid entertainment. It's just fun. And it's so... It's it's the good kind of nostalgia for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it reminds me of haunting the video stores and getting all these horrible movies and just loving it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Fun movie. Great movie. Don't take it too seriously. Watch it. Have fun with it. I think that that last comment is like a perfect segue when we talk about Dookie Flyswatter. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Which, yeah. that's the connecting point, I think, of everything he's worked on. It's just fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, just have fun. Enjoy yourself. Do the thing that you want to <laughs> do. Be who you are. Mm-hmm. Like... I mean, clearly, like, you know that, like, if you, if we, we could probably link to a couple 
like performances or yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, throw some up of haunted garage. And when you see these, like you're like, holy shit! Like, oh, I wish I could have been there. I mean, Dookie's showing a lot of skin in mm-hmm. some of them. Yeah, and I don't know how he got those pants on. <laughs> <laughs> so like, when all the country songs talk like painted on jeans, like this is painted on. It's, but it's just like it exudes fun. It yeah, exudes yeah. just like throwing whatever cares you have like about what anybody might think. Just like fuck it, I'm just gonna do this. It's, it's a, gonna be stupid and scrape. To me, their stage show music is kind of like if 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 John Waters movies if, if he made a musical, I think that's what it would be like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could see that. And I have a super. I mean, that's kind of my thing. Like I love Guar. Mm-hmm. And I love them for the fact that they're like, let's just do this for fun. That I don't think everything we do has to be like, yes, we love cinema. And I say cinema with a capital C oh, yeah. cinema and a capital S cinema. Especially. Hey, Put an accent over that E. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't all have to be that. There's mm. so much room yeah, for, schlock is great too. for this shit yeah. that I love. Right. I feel like like ninety nine percent of anyone who listens to our podcast regularly also loves this shit. I hope so. Absolutely, I'm sure. There's like one guy who's listening. He's like, no, no, this is below me. <laughs> he hates when we slum it. No, that yeah. guy, that guy tuned out a long time ago. <laughs> he's listened to the reflecting skin. Dustin pissed him <laughs> off with brimstone. Uh-huh. Um, he was happy about the nightingale, though. Probably. Yeah, probably. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how we go. <laughs> um. So let's circle it back around, I guess, to this documentary and talk yeah. about that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, one thing I think is awesome is that it's happening now because it's like uh, Michael Sonier, he is still alive. He's still out there kicking it, doing mm-hmm. stuff. I think often when some of these like unknown, like undersung heroes of like niche genres like this, very often like they're like kind of like critical like respect and fame for what they've done like comes after they pass away. Right. Or like forever on. So it's cool that this is happening now where it's like he can actually know, like, yes, there are people out here. We do appreciate what you've done. We love it. Yeah. It's super cool. That's a good point. I think, I forget who said it, but I saw a quote and it was someone who was talking to John Carpenter and they were bringing up like the thing and like how it's been reevaluated and it's so critically acclaimed. And I think his comment was something like, well, a lot of good that does me now. Yeah. So it's cool. I just, I'm excited about it. So the documentary is called The Life and Slimes of Dookie Flyswatter and Haunted Garage. Uh, it's a documentary extravaganza about the B-movie star and legend and his horror rock band. Uh, Dookie, or as we've said, Michael Sonier, uh, he's known for co-starring in various B-horror classics, many of which we've already named, writing on some of them. Um, one I wanted to bring up that he wrote on, which r- reading like the list on this documentary just reminded me of Star Slammer, mm-hmm. Prison Ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cheesy, like, prison in space. And I haven't seen that one. I need to check it out. I have not seen that either. Very sleazy, super fun. Um, but the film's going to tell the story of this underground LA punk and film scene that he kind of grew up in and grew in around. Um, and it's going to have tons of interviews with members of Haunted Garage, past and present, people from Guar, L7, Green Jelly, The Dwarves, Adolescence, uh, Radioactive Chicken Heads, Penis Flytrap, Pygmy Love Circus, and Undead Kennedys, Foxtrot, so many more. Um, and that's just the music side. There's also going to be plenty of film-related people, too. Mm-hmm. I know in the trailer I saw um, Bill Mosley, yeah. which I was excited about. I always love when they get him to talk oh, about anything. Great. Um, I think what, when we spoke to him, he mentioned he was going to be interviewing Lloyd Kaufman. Awesome. Yeah. So he's always super insightful. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what I he has to Uncle say. I love Uncle Lloyd. Yeah, he's the best. Um, a bit about the filmmaker. So his name's Kevin. He's a musician and videographer based in New York. 
He's worked a lot on various projects, um, especially like filming live events and doing like documentary style content. So this is exactly in his wheelhouse. Um, as a musician, he's produced music for his band. He's toured with Green Jelly and the Radioactive Chicken Heads. Tons of like local shows, local stuff going on. That's awesome. And the thing is, is he is like a Haunted Garage super fan. He actually started in the mid-90s the first Haunted Garage fan website. Oh, wow. Nice. So Very he cool. is like right there in the thick of everything. That's great. Um, and it's this, this thing he's always loved and been passionate about. And what kind of started this is during the pandemic lockdown, he started to digitize VHS tapes that he had. And some of those were like tapes of Haunted Garage shows. So he had all this like archival footage of performances and stuff. That's amazing. And so yeah, he's just been, he's been collecting interviews, digitizing this footage, and pe- stringing it together into a documentary. Um, but like anything, if you're an independent filmmaker, at some point you got to put some money behind it if you really mm. want to do something. So that brings us to this crowdfunding project. He has to you know raise to finish money to finish the film, all the PR, all that other stuff yep. to get it done. So I don't know how much you guys go into crowdfunding stuff. I think I'm probably the one that wins the hardest. You are a hardcore crowdfunder. I've done a lot in like the RPG realm because that's something I care about. And those, it's like, right, you have an idea, but then you need like art for the book. You need it laid out. You need it, you know, printed. All of that is like beyond the reach of most people unless you have a publishing company. Mm -hmm. Um, I have done a few film projects like the Jason fan films, Never Hike Alone. I've backed those. Oh, cool. Uh, I backed, what was it, Muck? Did you guys see that film? I haven't seen that one. It's this very sleazy, like, slasher throwback. Um, it's super fun. Like, if you just want to see hot chicks in their underwear running around and Kane Hodder killing them for, like, 80 minutes. Who doesn't? There you go. I, mean, I bet Kane Hodder had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like we've said, you can check this all out at dookiedoc.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. I'll link right to, the, I think it's an Indiegogo that they're doing for the crowdfunding. Which nice. them Kickstarter, they're they're all kind of the same. They each have their own quirks. I kind of like Indiegogo better. I think, I think that's it's less corporate. You know, cool. I know nothing you know? about that. Does I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take <laughs> your word for it. And if you tell me, I'll do it. Um, and so here is my call to you, dear listeners. Maybe you don't care to you know financially support the creation of a documentary. That's cool. You do you. If it's something that you're interested in, I would say go watch this documentary trailer. See what you think about it. If it's something you want to support, go for it. Do it. Um, if it's not your thing or you just don't care, give this guy a hand and just like reshare the link. Tell people about it. Help yeah. spread the word on this. Yeah, that doesn't cost anything. That's my main thing. Cool. Because I love works. when people are passionate about something and when they really just reach out there and try to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So I want to throw my support in behind that and see this thing to completion. And from the, the trailer, I mean, it looks very professional. It mm-hmm. looks very well done. That was what sealed me in on wanting to, you know, throw, throw in behind this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the part of the episode where I will uh, go back and edit Sarah McLaughlin's Angel <laughs> behind Dustin's plug there. Well, if that doesn't get him to give money, what will? I know. They'll just be crying and throwing money everywhere <laughs> until it gets taken down because we don't have the rights to use McLaughlin's <laughs> music. You, too, can bring an indie documentary to completion. <laughs> oh, you should change the... You should change the word wording of that. No, I like it. <laughs> or at least an indie documentarian to complete. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so Kevin, thanks for reaching out to us about this. We yeah, wish you we the appreciate it. Best of luck with this documentary. Can't wait to see it. I'm going to pitch in on it. Yeah, I'm I think I'm going to too. It out. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. a look at it. I mean, I don't need any physical media anymore because I'm that guy, but, you know, <laughs> I get the money. That's something I'd support, definitely. I want to see all this footage and in interviews. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, it's super cool. Go check it out. If nothing else, reshare it. Let people know. Get the word out about this. 
the life and slimes of Dookie Flyswatter and Haunted Garage. We love Dookie Flyswatter. We love Haunted Garage. You're probably going to hear in all our bumps this time. We've replaced our music with Haunted Garage tracks. Do not be alarmed. Do not be alarmed. Um, in case you've never heard them, there you go. You're now familiar with that, too. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Dig it. Vibe on it. <laughs> you know it takes a lot for me to take away my own artistic <laughs> yes. expression to share it with someone else. Right. No, fuck my music. <laughs> Haunted Garage all the fucking music. way, man. All the, the fucking way, Haunted Garage. Awesome. So, yeah, I think... Do you guys have anything else to add? Or that's I think, it, man. That's I think it, you yeah. did a good no, job. It's back to yeah. stock. Dustin will link everything. Mm-hmm. As normal, write to us. Listen... Do all that shit that you always do. And if you're an indie filmmaker and you got something going on, a movie you want more eyes on or anything like that, reach out to These us. These have yeah, been so cool. much fun for us. Like the the few indie filmmakers we've had reach out have been so much fun for us because this is the shit that we love. Yeah, it's been very positive and very We cool. spend so much time bitching about Hollywood and <laughs> yes. that we don't like what's coming out of Hollywood. And man, it's just like so refreshing and reminds us that there is a reason why we do this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I like crowdfunding stuff, too, because I always say, like, oh, vote with your wallet. And this literally is, like, you can go and vote with your wallet. Yeah. yeah, I want this thing to exist. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I feel like we're on the NPR spring pledge drive or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You can donate your car. We have this great tote you can get if you donate so much money. (laughs) Well, I hate to tell you, we ain't got shit for you here. Uh, But But you will get a cool documentary, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, you guys are great as always. Uh, Text, write. I actually don't text. You don't have our numbers. No. The fuck is that about? <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be alarmed if I get a text. <laughs> that would be strange. <laughs> hey, this is... Uh, you, can email, <laughs> you can email us at uh, genreexposure at gmail.com. Hit us up on all the socials. Every yeah. one of them. Dustin's better on the socials. If we're not there, you'll understand probably why we're not there and can go on somewhere else where you can find us. Yeah, you'll find us. Just keep looking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck that outro. <laughs> send, right. send us movie recommendations. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. We love it. As always, you have been listening to Genre Exposure. Bye, everyone. Take care. Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.